Welcome to The Workman's Table, a podcast all about learning and understanding biblical truths with the Great Shepherd's guidance. Here's your host, Eric Carpenter. Hello and welcome once again to another edition of The Workman's Table podcast. As always, I hope that this episode finds you well and that you're learning and growing in His grace and mercy and that you're enjoying the journey that He's bringing you on. Before I continue, I want to provide the email address for this uh, podcast. It is theworkmanstable at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, if you've got any comments, if you've got any topics you'd like to discuss on a future episode, feel free to shoot an email to that um, email address, and your topic may find uh, itself on a future podcast episode. So, again, it's theworkmanstable at gmail.com. The title of this podcast episode is uh, what, do, what Did We Bring to the Table or What Did I Bring to the Table in Our Relationship to Yahuwah? Um, going through several verses and scriptures, uh, it became apparent to me that there's a lot of things that we think that we bring to the table or that we provide in, in our relationship with Yahuwah where... After we look at these verses, it becomes quite apparent that what we bring compared to what he brings uh, cannot compare. Let's put it that way, um, because you're going to find what the answer really is as we go through these verses. And in essence, what our requirement is, is to be obedient and listen and to uh study his word and prayerfully consider all of what his word says and go forward in faith. Okay. However, we have to understand that in our relationship with him, there's so many things that he does that I don't think we quite understand or realize, but looking at these verses will help us uh, comprehend what we actually bring to the table compared to what he brings to the table, so to speak. And just to use an analogy, um, you know, we, we have to understand that he came down to this earth and he sought us and he died on that cross for our sins. Uh, he took that initiative upon himself. And he, of course, he died and rose again on the third day and he sits at the right hand of the father and makes intercession for us every day. So, it's his righteousness that saves us. It's his righteousness that cleanses us. Because if we look, and we're going to start with Isaiah 64, 6. We take a look at this verse, and it says in Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So our righteousness are like filthy rags. So there is nothing that we can do at this point to provide any amount of righteousness to redeem ourselves before him. It says right here explicitly in his word. And so then how do we get this righteousness? And what then is he bringing to the table compared to what we bring to the table? We know right now our righteousness is filthy rags. So there's nothing that we can bring. Where there's nothing we can bring before him, okay, at this point in time. So let's see what he brings, and then we'll realize 
how much gratitude and thanksgiving and praise we owe him when we look at these verses. Uh, John 6.44. John 6.44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So no one can come to him unless the Father draws uh, draws you. you got to think about that for a minute. No one comes to him unless the Father draws him, and then I will raise him up at the last day, is what Yahushua said. John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That's pretty plain and explicit. Without him, there's nothing that we can do. So we can't do anything. And our righteousness is this filthy rag. So, so far, we're finding out there is nothing that we are able to present before him to justify ourselves. It's nothing that we're able to bring to the table. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of Elohim leads you to repentance? So the, the very act of our re- repentance is by the goodness of Elohim. Again, this is his work. This is his will. This is his righteousness. This is his goodness working to bring us to repentance. So that's why we should not despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. Not, do not despise it, but embrace it, thank him for it, praise him for it because without it we're in trouble if we go to um, hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 let's read that what it says hebrews 12 1 through 2 therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto yahushua the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of Elohim. So when you look at verse 2, you look unto Yahushua, we must look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. So his goodness leads us to repentance as we read, So once his goodness leads us to repentance and we repent by his goodness, then it's him whom we must look unto who authors, which means to create, begin, start the process of our faith. And he also finishes it. This is what he's bringing to the table. So far, we're at zero. We're not bringing anything at this point in time. Because our righteousness is as filthy rags. Let's go to Matthew 22, 1 through 14. And Yahushua answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted cattle are killed. And all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their way. 
and went their ways, one to his own, one to his own farm, and another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you invite, them as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out to. Those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. So that last verse there really speaks to our disposition. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, do we know who are chosen? We can certainly get a good indication because Yahushua also says that a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, neither can a bad tree bear good fruit. So by their fruits you shall know them. However, the only one who ultimately knows who his chosen are is the Father and his Son. They know. And they are one, of course. And so since they call and the Father draws them, to Yahushua, draws him to his son. As we read earlier, it's in John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So it's the Father who draws him, the Father who calls, but there are few who are chosen. So if his goodness has led you to repentance, and without him we can do nothing, and our righteousness is as filthy rags. We've really got to be sober-minded, as Paul uh, admonishes, I believe he wrote that, to be sober-minded and to think soberly and to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Folks, we have got to understand that we cannot take this for granted. We should not be lazy, complacent. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself here as well. We've got to be careful to take heed, not to abuse his grace and mercy and to treat his blood, his sacrifice in an unworthy manner. For he did all this out of his goodness and mercy. All right, so if we continue on in Revelation 13, 8, let's read this. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, talking about the beast, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, it's basically telling us right here, if your name is written in the book of life, you will not worship the beast. You will follow the master. You will worship him. And will not receive the mark of the beast which if we read further in Revelation, we know that's the number of a man. 
<clears throat> the, the number of the beast is the number of a man. Excuse me. <clears throat> so let's go to John 12. And we'll read 32 through 33. And it says in John 12, 32 through 33, and, if I, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. So if he's, if he's exalted, if he's lifted up, he will draw all peoples to himself. Again, he's doing the drawing. We're not doing anything in that regard. <clears throat> John fourteen six, Yahushua said to him, of course, let's go back to John 12. He was lifted up because Yahushua did say that I can lay down my life and I can take it back up again. So it's by his power and his, his glory that he was able to lay down his life, you know, die and rise again on the third day and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And he says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. So I wanted to clarify that a little further. So let's go to John fourteen six. Yahushua said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, we must go through Yahushua. And we know that his Father and him are one. Let's go to Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verses uh, 4 through 5. And let's get an indication of that. And we'll read this. Uh, we'll get an indication that Yah knows us before we're even born and creates us and forms us in our mother's womb. And it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 5, Then the word of Yahuwah came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So he knows us before he forms us. That is great power. That is great knowledge. Knowledge that you and I will never attain. Never attain. Because as it says in Isaiah 43, there, there shall be no Elohim formed before you and no Elohim formed after me. And besides me, there is no other. There, he alone is unique. So he's got powers that I think we, I mean, we just can't fully comprehend him. It's, uh, I would say, impossible because he's so powerful and great. So he knows us before he forms us. Let's go to Titus uh, chapter 3 and let's read 4 through 7. Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of Elohim our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Yahushua HaMashiach our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Is there anything in there that mentions our righteousness? Not a single word, not a single portion of those scriptures. But we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, having been justified by his grace. Having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, as it says there in verse 7. So, and in verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, 
but according to his mercy, he saved us through the real washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Yahushua HaMashiach, our Savior. Again, this is what he did. What did we do? It's not our righteousness. Again, we know that in Isaiah it says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So again, this is what he's bringing to the table. And this is why our allegiance and our obedience to him and our submission to him is of the utmost importance. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Let's read it. Blessed be the Elohim and Father of our Yahuwah, Yahushua Hamashiach, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Hamashiach, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Yahushua Hamashiach to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Okay, so he predestined us to adoption, as it says in verse 5. And then in verse 6, by which he made us accepted in the, in the beloved. It's by the glory of his grace there in verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Again, this is his doing. We were not able to bring anything to the table. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of Elohim, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we've been saved by grace and not of ourselves. That's what it says, not of yourselves. Again, we don't have any righteousness. His goodness leads us to repentance. His grace, we are saved. His righteousness cleanses us. There's all these things that he's done. He draws all to him, or the Father draws all to Yahushua, his son, draws him, draws all of us. Many are called, but few are chosen. There's all these aspects through here that we must take a look at and study and ponder. All these verses that I provided you should now give you a clear indication as to what we brought to the table. And really, it's nothing. There's nothing that we can bring to the table to justify ourselves and to put ourselves in right standing before the Father. Nothing. It is by Him and His Son alone. It's his son's righteousness. It's the father's righteousness. It is the king of kings and the ruler of rulers. He did it all. And so we must take stock in the fact that since he did this for us, we need to be obedient and listen to him and remain faithful in the faith that he authors and perfects in us. And let's not take it for granted at all. But let's think soberly, and let's work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And until next time, study to show thyself approved.
Thanks for joining us today for this episode of The Workman's Table.